Well, good morning, and thank you for having me here today, and thank you for your generous contributions to our film festival. You know, in her 2006 memoir, Now It's My Turn, Mary Cheney writes that when she told her parents she was gay, the first words out of her father's mouth were exactly the ones that she wanted to hear. He said, you're my daughter, I love you, and I just want you to be happy. Mary writes that her mother Lynn hugged her, then burst into tears and worried that she'd face a life of pain and prejudice. You know, in a way, I know how Lynn Cheney felt. When our son Clay told us he was gay at the end of his sophomore year at Yale, I didn't burst into tears. It, it didn't seem quite appropriate to react like he just told us that he had a terminal illness or something. He seemed perfectly content and confident about who he was. But his dad and I did worry that he would face a life of pain and prejudice. We did mention that, probably not a helpful response. And Clay said, well, if you've been so concerned about how gays and lesbians are treated, how come you haven't been doing anything about that? How, how do you sleep at night? And to our concerns that our dreams, just like all parents' dreams, are for their children, that his life wouldn't be better than ours, he responded very confidently that not to worry, his life was going to be a lot better than ours here in Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> but of course, of course we knew, we all knew, that there are some things in life that confidence and ability can't overcome in having a good life. For one thing, he can't get married in most states like straight people can. And if he still lived in Louisiana, he could be fired from a job simply for being gay. Now, we're not like the Cheneys. We don't consider it bad form for someone to mention that our son is gay. Uh, as many of you know, I talk about it nonstop. Uh, one reason I do that is because when Clay came out to us, I really couldn't think offhand about other parents that I knew who were really open about having a gay child. Uh, not that there weren't any, I just, I just couldn't think of any in our, in our circle. Uh, our Clay was very outstanding uh, throughout his school years here. He was a, a local tennis champion. He won national awards in academics and uh, in, in violin. Uh, since coming out as gay, he graduated from Yale, summa cum laude, Phi Beta Kappa, and went on to Cornell to get a Ph.D. Uh, he's on faculty at Berkeley now. Uh, plus, I think he's handsome, charming, funny, interesting, and, and just plain nice. Uh, we should all be gay. Uh, but, you know, we did wonder, my husband Bobby, in the back, and I did wonder about all that goodwill that we'd experienced here uh, living our, our lives here since Clay was born in Shreveport. We'd been surrounded by lots of goodwill, and we wondered and worried what would happen, uh, what would happen to all that goodwill. And so one reason we decided that we wanted to be open about our family is that we wanted other parents to think about us. When their kid came home and said, Mom, Dad, I'm gay, we wanted them to maybe think about the creatures we consider ourselves normal. Um, as some people might disagree, but uh, we, we, uh, we wanted other people to think about that. And, you know, we have lost some goodwill. There, there are some people that don't talk to us anymore, 
And uh, my sister sent us some horrible stuff from Pat Robertson. But you know what? We've experienced lots of wonderful reactions from people. Uh, We've really widened our circle of friends. We have wonderful gay friends that we didn't have before who've become a very important part of our lives. So on balance, it's all been great. Now, I'm sure that some of Lynn Cheney's tears were because she knew that she was part of the reason that her daughter Mary might endure some pain and prejudice. I knew I hadn't been part of that. I'd figured out a long time ago that being gay was an innate and natural part of who you are. Your sexual orientation is simply a natural, innate part of who we all are. But I had been apathetic about how gays and lesbians were treated. It just wasn't on my radar screen. Uh, And Clay's challenge to me, coupled with my deep love for him, motivated me to do something so that, in fact, he would not face a life of pain and prejudice and so that I could sleep at night. I started educating myself on what it meant to be gay in this country. I read everything I could get my hands on, and I became livid at the way LGBT people are treated for absolutely no rational reason. So I started writing letters to the editor, and my husband evidently has now caught that bug. He has a letter in the Shreveport Times today. Um, And I came to the attention of other gay rights activists. So together, back in 2004, we formed a group called People Acting for a Change in Equality, PACE. And uh, so that's... uh, PACE has done a lot of really great things, I think, for our city. I want to applaud you all here for your interest in LGBT issues. Um, I really appreciate All Souls for what they've done. Uh, You've hosted uh, the PACE and Forum for Equality Hate Crimes Forum last year. Uh, You've become a welcoming congregation. You've sponsored our film festival, and, and you've invited me here today. I believe that gay civil rights is the civil rights issue of our time, and and there are some people who who, uh, resent uh, gay civil rights being compared to civil rights struggles that other other minority groups have had. Uh, Sometimes we hear people from the African-American community uh, express some uh, complaints that they aren't the same, and indeed they're not. Uh, no civil rights, uh, no, no fight for civil rights for any group is ever exactly the same. There are always some different issues involved in many ways. Uh, black people have had it much worse than gay people. And there are ways that gay people have had it harder. You know, no black child ever had to go to his parents and say, Mom, Dad, I'm black. Most minority groups find acceptance within their own families and their churches. You know, we, we families, we create our children. We're supposed to nurture them and help them figure out who they are. But it's, it's oftentimes the families and the churches of gay people who can be the, the cruelest to, to their gay children, their gay sisters and brothers. Now, of course, blacks, women can't stay in the closet, but they can learn their place, and many throughout history have found that they can do pretty well if if they adhere to to that. Uh, Gays can stay in the closet, and in many places, including Shreveport, they do. It's where they can succeed. It's where their families and their friends and their co-workers and their churches 
find it most comfortable for everybody to be. But of course, staying in the closet it was, is what makes it possible for bigots to spread vicious lies and misinformation about gay people and for those lies to go unchallenged by the actual real lives that people see before them. Now that gays are coming out in record numbers and they are consequently gaining more rights and acceptance, it's no surprise that we see a rise in some vicious attacks from some church and political leaders who have gained power and lots of money through stigmatizing gay people. Now this is only going to stop when everyone, gay and straight alike, stands up and says we'll no longer tolerate this senseless bigotry. We especially need to stand up against the immorality of people who would use their religious beliefs as a cover for bigotry. That's happened through the ages as people have attributed their own prejudices to God uh, to excuse their shameful treatment of Jews or women or blacks, gays, lesbians, transgendered. Those who would use Bible verses to support that bigotry, of course, open up a huge can of worms if they're going to adhere strictly to what the Bible says because they're going to have to start stoning not only gays and lesbians but a whole long list of people. That's what my husband wrote about in his column today. Ask yourself why the church hasn't similarly demonized and ostracized divorced people because that just won't fly, right? Why hasn't anyone tried to advance a constitutional amendment outlawing divorce? Now, June is Pride Month. I don't think your sexual orientation is anything to be proud of or ashamed of. Most of us, straight or gay, strive to lead productive, meaningful lives. And most of us, straight or gay, want to find someone to share our life with. Uh, we want to marry uh, with the encouragement and support of our families, churches, and government. Straight and gay people want to do that. Uh, gay couples form those same loving, committed relationships, but they do so with all, without all that encouragement and support and without any legal protections and recognition. So that's why I do think it's appropriate to celebrate a gay pride in, in June, because what we're celebrating are the lives and the loves that are lived with courage and commitment while facing daily senseless discrimination. And that is something to be proud of. Now, what additional things can the members here at All Souls do? I certainly don't expect you to become involved in, 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 like I am. There are lots of worthy causes. As Carol mentioned, there is a long, long list of worthy causes. And I'm sure that many of you are involved in things that I haven't really thought about or that I don't spend time working on. But we do know that stigmatization of gays and gay civil rights, that's been part of our national conversation for some time now. It's been used to raise money and win elections, and so it's hard to ignore. If you're gay yourself and you don't fear for your safety, you're, you're not worried about losing your job, uh, or if you're a young person, you're not worried about losing financial support from your parents, I would encourage you to come out. If you're straight, you can speak up whenever you hear someone's making a slur against gay people or, or spreading vicious lies, mis misinformation. And you can vote for candidates who support equal rights for everyone. Or you can encourage candidates that you do support to change their stance if they don't already support equal rights. And I wanted to mention a couple of things that are pretty easy. They're fact, 
enjoyable that you can do to support your gay, lesbian, and transgender friends. So a couple of things. Uh, we've already mentioned the film festival, the Pace Film Festival, which is September 7th through the 13th. Uh, I think that this is a wonderful vehicle for accomplishing change in our community. It's not political itself, but it's allowed us to make some pretty powerful political changes. It gives well-meaning straight people something to do in a positive way when they're not sure what they, quite what they could do to help gay people. And you can do it by just having a good time, by coming in and attending a fun movie. So I'd encourage everybody here to come to at least one of our movies. And you also might want to come to our reception, where Margaret Cho will be. We have a fabulous reception, wonderful food. It's lots of fun. And last year, our, our, our Democratic mayor has come every year. And last year, our Democratic mayor attended our reception along with the Republican president of the city council. So that was a great affirmation. And, you know, we want that room to be full so that when they look around, they see there are lots of people in our very conservative community that support their LGBT brothers and sisters. And then something that's coming up very soon, and uh, I've got a flyer here. Uh, my husband's going to stand at the back when we leave today and, and pass out these flyers to anybody who wants one. Uh, PACE, along with the statewide group Forum for Equality, is working on a big project called Be Fair Shreveport. Maybe you've seen our billboards. If you head back into town along line, you'll see one right at the entrance to Spring Lake on the left at the entrance to Spring Lake on Dumbarton. But there's several all around town. Uh, these billboards are to get people talking. We're working on this project to make local businesses and organizations aware of the benefits to our community to have a diverse work, uh, workforce. We're encouraging local businesses and organizations to add inclusive non-discrimination policies to their EEO, their Equal Employment Opportunity Policies. We're encouraging them to add sexual orientation and gender identity to those policies. You can be fired just based on your sexual orientation in 29 states, including Louisiana. You can be fired based on your gender identity in 34 states. PACE gets calls all the time from people who have been fired for being gay. That is not unusual. And we have to tell them that, yes, in Louisiana, you can be fired for being gay, and unless they work for some national corporation that has inclusive policies, there's not one thing that we can do to help them. Now, national corporations are already aware that workplace diversity makes them more competitive. Over 430 of the Fortune 500 companies have EEO policies that include sexual orientation. 200 out of the 500 cover gender identity. All of Louisiana-based Fortune 500 companies have both sexual orientation and gender identity covered. That's just three of them, Century Link and Monroe, the Shaw Group in Baton Rouge, and Entergy in New Orleans. National companies that have uh, locations in Shreveport that have inclusive non-discrimination policies include Best Buy, McDonald's and Burger King, Lowe's and Home Depot, Halliburton, Walmart, and Family Dollar, and many more. In Shreveport, when we approached Moonbot Studios, 
our local Oscar winners, about their EEO policies, they were happy to add sexual orientation and gender identity. They, they just hadn't thought about it before and were happy to do so. The city of Shreveport protects its city workers and contractors based on sexual orientation and gender identity as the result of two years of work that Pace did with the mayor and the city council. Now on Wednesday, June 20th at 5.30 p.m. at Cohabitat, we're going to have a business forum. We're going to have a business panel with some great people on the panel. They're, they're going to discuss how Shreveport can be more successful in attracting a diverse workforce. Uh, on our panel, we're going to have Brandon Oldenburg, the Oscar winner from Moonbot Studios, uh, Angelita Jackson, who is the HR director for the city of Shreveport, John Grindley, the executive director of Cohabitat, Deanne Arnold, the formal former HR director at LSUS and now a doctoral student in organizational psychology at Louisiana Tech, and finally Richard Brower, who is the national director of LGBT marketing for Harrah's. Uh, moderating our panel will be Kelly Weeks, who's on faculty at Centenary and the Frost School of Business. Now, we hope that, that many of you, you all will come to this forum. We think this outreach is not just good for LGBT people, but it's really criti critical for our city's economic development. Lots of research shows that workers cannot be as productive if they can't be themselves at work, if they're trying to hide part of who they are. And Richard Florida, who is a public policy urban expert, and he's the author of the critically acclaimed book, The Rise of the Creative Class, he's found that today's successful cities are those that have the infrastructure to nourish what he calls the creative class. Now, these creative class professions embody the ingenuity that's necessary to thrive in a competitive, global, modern, ideas-based economy. This includes scientists and engineers, architects and designers, writers and actors, uh, others who are behind the manufacturing of knowledge and culture. Florida found that cities that embody the three T's, talent, technology, and tolerance, are the ones that attract this creative class of workers. He found, and this is really interesting, that the strongest predictor of a city's ability to attract the creative class is their gay index. And that gay index indicates how accepting they are of their LGBT population. Many highly creative people, regardless of whether they're gay or straight, look for cities that are highly accepting of diversity of all kinds, and acceptance of gays and lesbians has become the modern-day barometer of such open-mindedness. Young people in particular abhor intolerance of gay people, and they won't move to a city that's anti-gay. So I really want to encourage you to come to our forum to hear ways about how Shreveport can become more attractive to the creative class. Now, having a city with a strong gay index is something that would not only help our gay community, but would also help our city as a whole. A city with gay pride is a city that can really be proud of itself because it is a city that is moving forward economically in our modern age. It's a city that's going to be able to attract highly talented technical workers. And, and this city has made progress. Shreveport has made progress. Let me give you a little history and tell you just briefly about that progress and how we all can make a difference. In Richard Florida's book, he ranked 
comparable cities according to size, according to their ability to attract the creative class. And in 2000, when that book came out, Shreveport was ranked with 63 other cities. And you know where Shreveport ranked? At the bottom of that list, number 63. In 2006, PACE conducted its first Shreveport mayoral forum. Almost all the candidates attended, including the leading candidates and the ones who made the runoff. And PACE asked each of them, if you're elected mayor, would you issue an executive order to protect gay citizens uh, that work for the city of Shreveport, to protect them, to keep them from losing their jobs? Not one of the candidates said yes. They all hemmed and hawed and said things like, oh, we don't believe in discriminating against anybody. Uh, we're fair. But not one of them said they would issue such an executive order. After our film festival, and, and we'd been working for two years with Mayor Glover before that film festival on issuing such an executive order. Uh, his advisors didn't want him to do that. Uh, after our first film festival, there was some controversy that you may remember when a city councilman, Ron Webb, tried to deny some funding to the Robinson Film Center because they'd hosted our film festival. And as a result of that controversy, and at the tail end of two years of work with Mayor Glover on this issue, he issued an executive order covering sexual orientation and gender identity for, Shreedy, for City of Shreveport workers and contractors. And then in 2010, at the next Shreveport mayoral forum, uh, where all the candidates attended except Brian Woolley, who literally canceled at the literal last second, we asked the candidates if they would issue that same executive order as Glover did. A few couples said yes, the rest, again, hemmed and hawed. So I stopped the forum and I said, we just want a yes or no from everybody. Every single one of them said yes. So I think that's great progress. I think that's something that we can all be proud of. But there's still, there's still work to do. Well, Brian Woolley lost that, that runoff. I, I tell everybody, you can't be elected mayor of Shreveport without attending our uh, Shreveport Mayoral Forum and agreeing to issue that executive order. So please, help PACE and Shreveport continue to make our city one that will be attractive to everybody who wants to come here, everyone who wants to work hard to advance our culture and our economy. And join us at our Be Fair Shreveport Business Forum on Wednesday, June 20th at 5.30. We'll be having a religious forum very similar to that in August. And we hope that all souls, and I'm sure we can count on you all, to help us and be part of that. Where we bring religious leaders together to make the case that it's good for everybody if we have a city that's open to everyone. Thank you all.